We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a few weeks. We've taken a sabbatical. We got COVID cancellations, people with COVID, people without COVID. We followed the Premier League's protocols and we shut the show down for a little period. But I tell you what, we are back and we are ready to go. I have my co-host with me, Wade. And of course, Rudds, what's happening, boys? It's been a been a while, been a few weeks. Happy New Year, gents. Happy yeah. New Year. Happy Good New Year. I think we lost you there, Connor. I don't know if it was just me or you or you got that too, Wade. It's a bit of a stutter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good to be back. It is. It's good to be back for sure. And, you know, we've got plenty to sort of catch up on the show. I know I've had a few, uh, a few of the viewers and listeners reach out to me over this period and say, what's going on with the podcast? We haven't heard from you guys. And we actually missed the show, which is good. It means that... Uh, People are actually wanting to listen to us, or maybe they've got nothing better to do, and uh, we just fill the space between the time they're in lockdown or with COVID. But with having said that, boys, it's been an interesting month. There's been sackings. Of course, Rafael Benitez has been shown the door as early as yesterday, the first sacking of 2022. We're sure there's plenty more to come, and we can talk about that a little bit. Um, of course, the Premier League table, I want to take a a step back into time and have a look at what the table looked like on the 19th of December um, and where are we at uh, today. But, uh, you know, COVID cancellations, Obama Yang parting while in African nations, it's it's all happening out there, Wade. What have you, uh, have you missed it all? I mean, uh, we've been on holiday, obviously. What have you thought of everything going on at the minute? Yeah, it's uh, strange times we're living in. Obviously, the cancellations, the lack of clarity the cases afcon uh riyad shaking his head already he's, he's ready to go <laughs> oh you said lack of clarity uh, those no. are yeah those are his words you know, he waits to hear yeah but here's the thing i remember i remember that was my argument you know when we spoke about this a few weeks ago and i was somewhat scoffed at actually at even suggesting <laughs> that and since then all i've heard is clarity 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 from every premier right. league manager if you, if you so, go back wade you hear clearly that i said to you the one thing i'm concerned about is people will start saying what if you got a knock and what are you injured so it was more about yeah. i said that i said that from no the beginning well it's not about you clarity know? because how do you call there's, there's no way to prove if someone is actually injured or not because there's players, there's, there's players that can be 50-50, and then which way do you lean? If I'm a manager, I agree with you. So no, I agree with you. I, like, yeah, I think it is a shambles. I think Arsenal have taken advantage of the situation and show they, oh, say they should. So they should. No, no. Look, I, I think Arsenal and Arteta did the right thing for the club. You know, yeah. they, they could have had 13 players, but why would you go with with uh, scraping through with your bare scraping bottom squad mm. in a massive game? against a top four rival. So if I'm a Teta, yes. of course I'm doing that. He's probably had, I, I think they probably had 13. I think he probably had three or four players that are 50-50. Yeah. Then I you're going to say, no, don't play. But it's the, the Premier rule League is ambiguous. The, rules the rule is ambiguous. So yeah, I, I the rule is ambiguous. Yeah, but, so now I'm saying Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal have taken yeah. advantage of the rules, and so they should. Yeah. I'm not blaming them for it. But I'll say we, this. I'll say this. Let me say this. Sorry to cut you off, Rads, but... For me, the minute they brought in, you know, adding injured players yes. as well to yeah. that list, they opened up the for me, there. it's like once you once you state that and you word it, then yeah. managers are going to take advantage of that. So it's for me, it should be COVID and that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, the, the, the we reality is now it's just, yeah, the, we everyone asks about how many COVID, it's actually the COVID part has almost become irrelevant. It's like how many COVID uh, people are there? How many injured players are there? How many are African nations? 
Yeah. Have you got 13 players? No. Okay, we'll call the game off then. I'm not sure to Rudd's point. How the hell do you prove I was injured? Yeah. Do you run Go them on. through a fitness test to go see? Yeah. No, you just take the club's word and then they don't want to play their youngsters. Yeah, which, exactly. by the right, every club should be forced to play and you shouldn't be able to be called off, as far as I'm concerned, for African nations yeah. and yeah. bloody injuries. And, I don't care yeah, if it's Liverpool 100%. or anyone, you really should. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Can, you, can, you, you should just tell them you got 10 false positives and yeah. then you can, you know, you'll be able to get away with it. <laughs> but, but even then, like, Arsenal had a really good game against Liverpool, right? And it was a tough game because you were down to 10 men. And and that was a late, it was Thursday, Thursday yeah. for them, Friday morning for us. And they got to play in two days' time. So even then, in terms of the physiological element of it, players will be redlining. They call it redlining where they just the games yeah. and they're in that area where they can play, but there's a high risk of them getting injured again. So yeah. I don't want to risk it. So let's not play. That, that's yeah. that's as simple as it is. Because they'll all be playing. When, when's the game? Tomorrow morning or the... When's uh, the our game? game? No, it's the Friday the morning. Friday morning, Friday morning yeah. again. Yeah, and yeah. The, the squad will be full again. Then the only thing is... Who are Arsenal playing on the weekend? Um, because maybe that's going to get called off again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's Burnley. Arsenal's actually. game on the weekend is actually um, Burnley. Yeah. And is it on Sunday? It, it is would a. Be. It would have to yeah, be. it would be because yeah. of the champion of the sorry the what you call the cup Carabao. game. Yeah. yeah. So I think that game is at risk of being postponed. To be honest, I think um, with the size of the squad Arsenal got. And and what may or may not happen in the game, I, I think that game will be at risk. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Which it's it's just uh, it's it's a shambles really at the yeah. moment. Look, I think we can agree that the, the the Premier League have opened themselves up to this. Maybe there was pressure from the clubs, yeah. and the clubs ultimately had a, a big say in getting this little nugget in there that gives them a, a way out. But there's no doubt, my goodness, there's going to be just a cluster of games everywhere for some teams. Burnley, or I think it's Burnley that have like four, three or four games yeah, to catch up. I don't, I know they don't play anything in Europe, but yeah. that's a lot of games to have to catch up. Yeah. You know? so, what happens next? What should happen? Does this rule continue to the end of the season or do they need to change it? What do you think? I would yeah. think you'd need to change it and it should be specifically yeah. to COVID. I don't exactly. know how injuries yeah. are forming part of this mm. because I agree with you. How do you prove those players are injured, number one? How do you know those clubs aren't taking yeah. the piss, especially with injuries? Yeah. And then who who cares if they've gone to African nations? You knew at the start of the season <laughs> the players you signed yeah. is African nations. So I, like, I don't feel sorry for us that Mane, Salah and Keita are gone and we must nah. get buys. Nah. Yeah. We've got our squad has to be, and this goes back to that, our squad must be capable of stepping up when required. Yeah. But now you've got injuries, you've got COVID, you've got the one COVID player. And again, there's not a ticket arsenal. I think they've worked the system they have. Yeah. But one COVID person and a game's called off. Yeah. Like this is the lunacy of the rules that the Premier League have set. Yeah. And it's yeah. only going to get worse. And so, so clubs should exploit it if given the opportunity because it's a stupid rule in the first place. Yeah. They need but to it, change it and they need to change it as soon as possible. Yeah. That's for sure. Because obviously Arsenal have used the system and obviously we're not going to go on about uh, about what they've done wrong because I don't think they've done anything wrong. They've done everything right. But Chelsea and Tuchel are complaining because saying they've taken a different view to Arsenal and they're doing everything they can to make sure they can play because they have had instances where they possibly could have put forward, but they are making sure they can play. So it's just a different, you know, so that means they're playing players like Kante and Kovacic had played when they had just come back from injury and normally wouldn't be playing, wouldn't be in the squad because they, think, they are at know, risk. 
I think if anyone's got a strong case, it would be Leeds. Because I remember when we played Leeds a few weeks ago, they were playing kids, you know what I mean? And uh, they just got on with it. I mean, that's a strong case, you know? Tuchel's got a strong squad. Like, get on with it, you know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous. He was complaining about cases, and then the next day he fielded, I mean, a team that would be a first team for any other club, basically, aside from maybe the top two or three. So, yeah. It's all over the place. They they need to sort it out ASAP. It's it's just it's uh it's just a debacle, honestly. Look, we can probably go on about COVID all all night and cancellations and what they're doing in the Premier League. I do want to shift gears and maybe talk about the sacking of uh, the sacking of Rafael Benitez. What is uh, I saw a statement that he actually made, and I thought I thought it had a, a bit of a bit of legs in what he was saying. I mean. You know, He's Everton. Ever, look, Everton. Everton are a club. I mean, I'm you know the red side of Mersey, but Everton are a club that are a shambles. You, you've got to look at the managers that they've hired over time. Yeah. Ancelotti, Beni, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Roberto Martinez. They've had managers there, yeah. and every manager is sent. I think the only successful manager is bloody David Moyes, and he hasn't been there forever. Yeah. So to me, it talks of a club that just makes incorrect decisions around either the manager, their purchasing uh, of players that they actually buy, and then the, where they're actually going as a club. I don't actually believe Everton quite know where it is they want to be. They think they know where they want to be, but they're going about it with a very small club mentality that can't get to the, the basis. And I'm not making excuses for Benitez. He's failed. Yeah. But I do believe that if you look at the basis of that team, Ancelotti was failing with that team as far as I'm concerned. So they were headed on a downward spiral, irrespective of who was at the hell. Top 10 last year, weren't they? Uh, Everton? He, he, he started well, and then they, they began until, well in the first half, and they dropped off massively. Up until the, the last two or three weeks, they could have made top four, depending if results, but they threw away some games at the end. Um, so I think given the this deep downfall by, um, by Benitez... You, you would think then, and if Benitez is blaming the setup in the club, I'd probably argue that maybe Angelotti did a better job than he's given credit for. Um, I will say maybe Benitez is a pragmatic manager and there's a lot of talent in that squad. But what blows my mind, right, is, you know, less than, less than a week ago, you sell one of your best players, Aston Villa, because there's a clash between the player and the manager. And you back the manager then to only sack him a few days later. Surely he was already exactly on the brink well. if it was one game away from being sacked. Why would you sell your best player before before you, you know... But, that, but does that not tell you, then that's what goes back to my, who the decisions being made at the top filter, I don't care whether it's a company, when you make the wrong decisions up there, you can't tell me last week you didn't know that this man is on a plank. You get rid of, as you said, one of your best players out of the door and then sack the manager who the clash was with, that just shows a complete lack of any sort of, you know, identity or structure that this club has in place. They're just, they're kind of living off the cuff. And then we sign this player and bring that one in. It's a, it's an absolute mess at Everton. And they probably are where they deserve to be. Having said that, they actually have some quality players there. Um, the balance is probably off to an extent yeah. with some of the yeah. players that are there. Um, James Rodriguez, I said it from day one. Everyone was talking about, oh, it's good to... That guy is a complete waste of time. And he is not the guy to take Everton back to where they're supposed to be. I've never come across a more luxury player in all my life um, than James Bloody Rodriguez. Turned it on in a World Cup 
and then was absolute pants since then at Real Madrid and everywhere he's been. But he goes to Everton. What they think they've signed some, I don't know, former star. And he's an absolute dud over there as well. So wrong signings, wrong managers, wrong players. And they right are where they're supposed to be as far as I'm concerned. I don't feel sorry for Benitez. I think he got what he deserves at the end of the day. Agent, yeah, I think Agent the, the last, the last couple Neffer. of results, I mean, you can't lose to Norwich, you can't lose to Brighton, Palace, you know, all within a space of weeks. So it is definitely the final straw. But like you guys said, there's been one bad decision after another, you know, player-wise. You know, coming into this season, though, Rafa had a decent start, you know, and I, I think he, he needed did. to because he would have been under pressure, obviously, with the backstory. Um, he had a really good start, but it's all gone downhill. He lost a couple of players to injury, which probably didn't help. But, you know, it, it makes me chuckle a little bit because <clears throat> the, uh, the one excuse, obviously from an Arsenal perspective, you know, I, I like to bring everything back to Arsenal. Uh, a lot of fans were saying we should have gone for Benitez or we should have gone for Ancelotti. You know, these managers who, to me, they're kind of they're over the hill now. I mean, where yeah. was Rafa before Newcastle? He was in China. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. come on, you know, let's, let's see. Let's get a project going. Those managers only feel like they can take you so far nowadays, you know, and it's yeah. not to the top. So it had to happen. The run of results recently have been dreadful. So well-deserved. Au revoir, Rafa. Thanks for the memories. I guess we'll shift gears, guys. And I want to I take us back and just give you a, a, a little bit of an update. Of I guess we spoke about it pre-Christmas and we kind of said, where do we think things would be? You know, how far off would this table be? You know, it'll be neck and neck. I know Wade and I were obviously saying it'll be still tight come the come the new year. Um, and things will look kind of a, a pretty similar to what they are now. So I'll just take it back to where we were. So in sixth place was United on 27 points. In fifth place was West Ham on 28. In fourth place was Arsenal on 32. Chelsea were third on 37. Liverpool were second on 40, and only one, only one point ahead was Manchester City at that stage. Uh, fast forward, what's it been? Three weeks, um, and I can tell you now that, that the table looks a little bit different. In sixth place, we have Spurs on 33. In fifth place, out the top four, Arsenal on 35. Having said that, they are a miss... Uh, misalignment of games but we won't focus too much on that west ham in in fourth spot on 37 chelsea on in third in fact they're the only team in the exact same spot and man city actually um actually and liverpool the top three has not changed at all it's just changed in the gap to to number one liverpool on 45 and manchester city on 56 with an 11 yes you heard it right an 11 point lead um you know liverpool do have one game in hand you know they could close that to eight title race still on Wade or is it give Pep and the boys the trophy parade now what have you made of the last month and uh, what have you put it down to yeah City have been excellent um, <clears throat> they've grind, had to grind out some results you know to be fair but um, they just continue to win and you know you look at how many points they've dropped after 22 games they've drawn two lost two so they've only dropped eight points you know after 22 games so you know, in order for them to slip up now, it means they're going to have to go on the worst run of form that they've been on, even all of last year as well. You'd probably have to go back a couple of years. They, they, they would have to go on one of those runs. 
and then the chasing teams would have to be pretty flawless and they've looked yeah. anything but you know um, I know we had a conversation offline Connell about Liverpool you know not being able to dominate games the way they were in seasons gone by <clears throat> it's not going to help they don't have Salah and Mane as well you can already see what a big loss those two guys are uh, and Chelsea I haven't really been convinced with them particularly going forward all season you know I feel, I feel at times they've struggled to create chances Lukaku obviously hasn't worked out how they envisioned. So um, for me, I think it's done and dusted. I know it's early, but I'll be very shocked. It's going to take something dramatic to happen for, for City to let it slip now. And, and Rods, I mean, keeping on that good segue, Romelu Lukaku, obviously there was that infamous interview, um, you know, where he's come out and spoken about going back to Inter and not happy with the system and, Thrown a few people, I guess, under the bus, specifically Tuchel. Um, Tuchel has obviously not minced his words with, with Lukaku, even after the last game. He had quite a bit to say about him. What have you what have you made of Romelu Lukaku? He seems to split opinion um, across fans and ideas of whether he actually is that, that world-class striker. So what did you make of Romelu Lukaku and, and Chelsea as, as, European, <coughs> as European title holders? Not really putting up a fight in the uh, in the title defense. Yeah, ill advised, uh, ill advised interview by him. I don't know what he's trying to achieve. He may have been trying to get onside with the Inter fans because I know there was um, a lot said about his departure. Um, they had offered him a new contract, and he and he said he he wanted to stay. Um, but then I think to myself, hang on, he still had about three or four years left on your contract. You could have just stayed. You know, you you should have just stayed if you wanted to stay. There's no need for you to move. Um, so him talking about his love for the club and love for the fans, I don't I don't get it. Um, so he's gone. If it's all about money, that is he's gone. He also kind of mentioned that it sounded like he was disappointed that Chelsea were the ones that came in for him. He thought he was going to go get an offer from Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. Um, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not quoting him word for word, but that's what it kind of felt like he was saying in the in the in the interview. Um, so I, it's just Chelsea fans I spoke, speak to, they are off him. It doesn't matter what he what he does from now to the end of the season. They think he needs except, to get out the except club. for money. Except for money, Magic, one of our listeners, of course we we can't forget him. He's in our draft group. Yeah, he loves Lukaku. He'll say, I'll tell you what. Once Lukaku goes, he'll say, Yeah, I wanted him out. Um, that that's how the fans are. We know are. these Chelsea fans. That's how the fans are. Players. They don't call him plastic yeah. for nothing. Um, <laughs> but but in terms of Tuchel, aren't they all City fans now? Yes, I believe they moved over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but in terms of Tuchel, Tuchel's not mincing his words, and he's thrown Lukaku on, under the bus, in, particularly for the last performance that he has. Like you know, he's not doing what he's meant to do. You know, he's poor in possession. Um, he's not doing enough in terms of the pressing work, and he he never did. But the system took a place as a pressing and he needs to step up. I mean, he does have chances. He needs to finish them. And he had a big chance and he didn't finish it. So good on Tuko for throwing on the yeah. pass to say, listen, mate, you want to you wanna talk about where you love and what you need to be doing and the system not suiting you. But when you are playing, you're not doing your job. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, uh, of course, you know, you got Chelsea. They've, they've flattered to deceive over this Christmas period. But Wade, we spoke about it. Obviously, Liverpool dropping points against Leicester. You know, the game could have been different. The missed penalty, the chances missed there. And I guess, you know, Schmeichel having a great game. But, you know, ultimately they lost against a team that got absolutely slaughtered by Manchester City only a few days before. Um, and, of course, they then dropped points following that. Oh, sorry, before that to Spurs. 
Um, it's just been a case. And then obviously drawing with uh, Chelsea as well. Now, not the easiest fixture list, but nonetheless, a pretty poor return given how Liverpool had kind of started the season and the fact that they were only one point behind City and looked like real challenges. Where where do you think as, a, as an outside fan it's kind of slightly gone all wrong over this period? It's hard to put my finger on it, to be honest. Um, I mean, I remember watching that Spurs game and I, I, I hadn't seen a team create that many clear-cut chances against Liverpool in a while, you know. So um, I really don't know what to put it down to, to be honest. It kind of feels like reflecting now, um, you know, Salah was just on a magical run of form and probably, uh, you know, dug the team out of a few holes here and there. Um, but obviously Mane um, hasn't really been scoring a lot of goals, like relatively speaking. Um, I think midfield at times has looked a bit weak. You know, you we spoke of uh, that combination of Henderson, Milner, and uh, I think another Fabinho. defensive mid, Fabinho, yeah, that he played. Um, so I don't know if there's a, maybe a lack of balance. I know when Thiago was in the team, it looked like the team was actually clicking. And we I yeah. think Thiago was probably playing the best football he's played since he's come to the club, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe him getting injured or what, what happened with him anyway? Was he injured or did he get COVID or? No, he's got a, so he did have COVID and then he got a hip injury. Right. Um, yeah. And that seems to be yeah. ruling him out for quite some time. So, you know, maybe it's coincided with that because I think when, when he was in the team, he was playing some really nice football. He was starting to score a few cracking goals that he's become known for over the years. So, you know, it could be just a lack of balance at the moment, but it's certainly not looking like it's going to improve without uh, Salah and Mane because particularly the game against Arsenal. Now, Brentford, you guys were obviously a lot better, um, particularly in the second no, half. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Second half, you guys came came right a little bit. I know first That's off was a bit Brentford slow, but... That's so poor. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, against us, against a 10-man Arsenal, you expect Liverpool to tear us to shreds, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and the fact that you guys, I don't even think had a shot on target in the end, maybe one or two. Was there any in the end? It was nah. one, one in the one? 90 seconds. Oh, yes, right yeah. at the end, there was one. Yeah. So Minimum. you can't play against 10 men for that long and, uh, you know, not even fathom a chance on, on, on target. So it uh, looks like worrying times. I don't know. The wheels might be coming off, Connell. Yeah, look, I, I, I think there's one issue I've picked up and I think it's a it's a bit of bad luck. And but I'll tell you right now, as Liverpool supporters, you know, may have joked tongue in cheek at times, Rods. But midfield wise, when we lost Genie and Aldum, um, you know, may, maybe rival supporters don't understand. But that guy, you look at the most minutes every played minute. by any player every minute. under Jurgen Klopp, Genie and Aldum is literally up there. And he's available, and he's, Connor. He's available. <laughs> he's come back. His ball retention skill was unbelievable as a player. So, uh, look, I'm not putting it down to Genie. I'm just saying losing a player like that. And then on top of that, we had a clear plan at the start of the season of flooding that new um, Harvey Bobby. Elliott. Um, and he, he wouldn't have started every game, but he certainly looked like someone that Klopp would rely on. Then, of course, he gets injured. Um, and I felt like, to your point, Thiago started setting up. And, you know, the midfield three of Thiago, Henderson and Fabinho was where it was at. And then that Spurs game, if you remember, our midfield was Tyler Morton, um, I think Henderson, and I don't even think Fabinho played that game. So I'm not shocked at that result at the same time when I reflect on it because our midfield is a bunch of workhorses is who we really have in midfield. And 
we were devoid of that. So this last period, I would put it down to the fact that we don't have the strength in depth to cover in the middle of the park when we do have a number of injuries. Specifically around Targo. Is, is this Connell oh, well, talking about strength in depth? I was, I was just it thinking about that. He hates it when the pundits talk about strength in depth. Now, it's come on back record to and said it now. I'm glad on record and said it. I feel like it's come back. I think, I think we've been cruel with the injuries, but unfortunately it has showed up just that little bit of like if yeah. Tyler Morton's a quality player, but we cannot rely on him to take us through yeah. that period. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't show like in one game or two games. It shows over no, the that's right. of, of, over of a season, and that's yeah. where, where where you feel it. But um, Liverpool is still a good team. I think. Um, oh yeah. What I, what in my my view is a little bit different. I know that we've had a couple of bad games in the congested period, but I think what I'm probably seeing more from Liverpool is what maybe Jurgen Klopp described in his Dortmund days as rock and roll football, where you look like you'll mm-hmm. score goals, but you also look like you can concede goals. And when you won the title. It didn't look like conceding anything. It didn't look so, like conceding. so I think that's the, the like from from a neutral perspective. I think that's for me has been the difference, and maybe that that's because of the midfield and the ball retention and the protection of 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 of, of the back four um, that yeah, happens yeah, from yeah. that. But that's yeah. that's what it looks like. Yeah, no, agreed. There, there's I said it, and you know I'll close off on Liverpool, but that, those two years where we set the bar with with City. We we controlled the tempo of games. I remember watching Liverpool when Klopp first came in and we were wild. I don't know if you guys remember. Mm, but mm. scores would be like 4-3, 5-4, l- ludicrous. And then he, he, he created this sense of we will we will up the tempo and down the tempo in different elements of the game, especially those two years. And we did that. Some people still think we just were all wild. But if you watch Liverpool in those periods, there were games where we'd, we'd kill teams just by passing and keeping the ball. This year, I feel like we can score goals for fun, but we'll concede as many as we score at times because the balance isn't quite there. So, look, I still live in hope that we can somehow turn around. I'm a realist, though. <laughs> this is Manchester City we're talking about. Yeah. These guys are like a freaking machine. And this isn't like the titles of old where people threw away 10-point leads. And yeah. when City are gone, they are gone. Bro, and there's no catch in them. KDB hardly kicked a ball in the first half of the season. Now he's a, now he's a match winner in the last few machine. games, you know. So yeah. that, that's just, that's the difference. Um, you know, they've got these quality throughout. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't see it. I to be honest, I only see that, that, um, that gap actually extending and not closing. Yeah, I, I, I struggle to see us closing that gap, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Rods, it wouldn't be a, a, a session without, you know, can we readdress the job of the Godfather so far? And what you have you have made of Rad, Ragnik Paul? There's a lot happening at Old Trafford. A little, you know, a little fans unhappy when I read the forums talking about Ragnik and we're going nowhere. You know, Grant Freeze, of course, one of our avid listeners is back at it again. He's, he sent me multiple messages talking about United are, are done as a club and so forth. He's not happy in the yeah. slightest. What have you made, I guess, of Rudnick? Oh, you know, it's early days. I get it. It's uh, one month in, but what have you made of it all? Yeah, I do have a different view, and I do think it's early because... So the first thing for me, and, I, and, and I'm sure I've said it on the podcast too, is that we've not seen the type of job that this guy's got anywhere else before where it's been such a radical change. Um, United were the least pressing team or they had the lowest pressing numbers in all the league before this guy came. And and so 
you you can't expect him to come in. You know, they talk about a new broom sweeps clean. You get the manager bounce. You're not going to get it when he's trying to radically change what the club needs to do. I think it was the right call for the club to go towards a more progressive um, way of of playing. And we're going to suffer early on, and that's fine. But we'll get joy in the long run from it because that's the now the football vision that the club have, the way they want the team to be playing. They don't want to be playing a reactive type of football, which we have been playing, um, where even when we had possession and dominated possession, it's not been an intentful position. It's been moving the ball sideways, patient build up that really goes nowhere. Now it's we want to win the ball high up, we want to transition and score. And we've the Aston Villa game fell apart in the second half, but that first half, and more more specifically in the first 35 minutes, is actually the best we've played under Ragnik, where you can start seeing what he's trying to do. But it doesn't last. And there's a lot of what's happening on the park down to really poor decisions from the players, um, really bad options that they are taking and mistakes that they are making that um, is not down to coaching. So I do think there's... So can I ask United you, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question right now. You're starting 11 your best players. Who, after what you've seen over this period, is just, in your opinion, not up to the style of play that Ragnik is after? Who would? Is there anybody you'd look at and go... Yeah, that guy's not going to get there. He needs to be shown. So I look across the midfield specifically. Yeah, so so it's the midfield midfield specifically. I think um, defenders um, defenders are defenders, but the midfield is so key. You talk about Liverpool's midfield in in the way you want to play and needing to be workhorses and winning that ball back and creating the energy. So that's that's the problem for us. So probably the best midfielder we've got that's currently available is actually Matic, but he doesn't have the legs. And that, and that contributed for us having a, a good 35 minutes um, and then not being able to continue it, but he's still the best in terms of capability on the ball. I mean, I'd love to see what Pogba can do in this system because this is probably the one that's most suited to him because gets him as a midfielder playing further up the field, winning the ball up the field and then, whatever he can win back, turning into an, uh, that transition play. Um, you know, looking to to break the lines as soon as we win the ball back and not just rotate the ball. So I think he may be good, but Pogba's probably gone anyway. So, you know, he's a free agent, so we, we can't depend on him. Fred um, creates a lot of energy, but he's not good enough on the ball. Um, he, he makes too many mistakes. Um, you know, even the goal, uh, the first goal, it was a it was a mistimed tackle on Coutinho, where everyone thought Coutinho had the assist, but it's actually Fred who's kicked the ball to the Aston Villa player, you know, and and he and he does that all too often. So for he, for me, he's one. McTominay's been looking good because he's been scoring goals, but still on the ball, he's not good enough. Um, he's not been doing so. So United need to invest in the midfield, and I think even before the season started, before Ragni came in. That was the clear area that anyone could say for United, the midfield, mid, sorry, the midfield is their weak spot. I think um, Wade probably even said it in one of the first ones. Um, you know, when we're talking about bringing Ronaldo in, um, you know, if you have that money, spend it on the midfield. Um, so that's that. That's probably the concern, and that's probably the gap. Um, I know they're talking about a couple of midfielders at the moment, but United's stances, we've got our long-term targets like. Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham. United really like those players. 
but there's no way they're coming in January. And they don't want to then settle for players that are, are second or third or fourth choice. They still want to make sure the only way they'll spend in January is if one of your top targets become available. So um, that probably means that he's going to have to play the rest of the season with the midfield he has, which is a little bit concerning. You know, let me just jump in here, uh, Connell, before you uh, get involved. Sorry. I think United might be in a bit of trouble, you know. Um, like, I take your point, Rads, in terms of you know the manager needing time to implement this new style and everyone to buy into it. But I think when you get a manager that's coming in short term, uh, you know, with such a strong philosophy and a clear way of playing, that he's trying to make the players adapt to his style of play as opposed to working with the players he's got and being flexible and trying to get results. I think United need results right now. It's okay if you if a manager's coming in and he's trying to make uh, big changes and it's a long-term project, but this guy's only here for the short term. So, you, you know, results are the main thing right now, I think, for United. You know, you guys haven't been getting the results. So it's a bit of a concern because to me, I remember us having a conversation after his first game in charge. And he broke some records with pressing and stuff like that. I remember you telling us off that first game. So clearly there was a bit of a bounce, right? Because you guys went from basically being the worst pressing team before you came in to having that game where you, you were putting up these record numbers. So that tells me he doesn't have the players to implement that style or the players are not buying into that style, right? He's trying to fit uh, what square pegs in round holes, they say. That's the way it comes across, right? Um, because you guys haven't been able to maintain that. And at times, like I look at Norwich, very lucky against Norwich, probably should have lost that game. Scraping results, really. Aston Villa, yeah, you guys were decent. Um, but is he going to pick up results trying to play this way? You know, Because that's that's the main thing right yeah. now, wouldn't you say? He's largely been picking up results. I know he has had one loss, and we've dropped two points against Aston Villa. I suppose the one thing to add in is Aston Villa are actually a, a really good team. Um, and they play good football, and they'll take points off a lot of the top four, top four candidates there. So I don't think United will be the the only team to drop points to Aston Villa this year. So I think that's that's one to to note. I do expect United will continue to improve. Um, I think that. Um, do you it, think there's been an improvement, though, a progressive improvement, as you've seen Rangnick? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have in you terms so? of what he expects and what he wants to see. So um, okay. I know football is very reactionary, and you say, "Oh, look what we see." I'm I'm looking at the way um, he's setting the team up and the way they're playing. And one of the key issues he has at the moment is midfield. Because I'll tell you some of the numbers that have been, the records that have been broken over the last few weeks is the amount of disposals they've had, or sorry, dispositions. So the amount of times the midfielders have lost position of the ball um, is is the highest since United have been keeping records. And that's because he wants them to not just move, play the safe pass. So these players have been playing in a, you know, it's almost like coward football. You get the ball back and you pass it back to your center back or you pass it back. You know, you're playing it sideways. And you can look fantastic. You can get high possession numbers. Um, you know, you can get high, real, really good stats by playing that way. But this manager is saying, I want the ball to be going forward. And what they're doing is they can't do that. So it's, uh, they, they continue to lose the ball. So the player who can do that is Pogba. I know he does lose the ball more um, than others when they were playing sideways passes because he takes on risk. 
in this system where the manager wants him to play it forward, he'll actually look a lot better. I'm just sad that it's coming to a point where we, we won't see him much this season and we won't see him pretty much again. I, I'm pretty sure Pogba's, Pogba's gone. But I actually think this is this is the one system that will be most suited for him. And he's probably the most agile, athletic midfielder who can give energy, who can be, you know, what, what we expect to see. So... I, I do think he'll probably lose faith in Fred. I think he'll continue McTominay because McTominay is probably slightly better than than Fred in terms of what he does with the ball. Um, and I, so you're sticking with top four, basically, is what you're saying? Yeah, I think there's still enough time for United to make top four. I think so. So this is on the basis of improvement, and I'll, I'll stand by it. I'll say in two to three weeks, if we come back and there's no improvement, then it'll be gone. Mm. But I think. Between now and then, you know, I know United play West Ham this weekend. You know, if if West Ham put us away, then I think it's even tougher. I don't think United can get top four. I know they probably can mathematically and get on a run, but that's going to be a massive blow if we drop points to to West Ham this weekend because that gap goes bigger. Um, yeah, let's see. I will say one thing uh, from from experience when I look at the type of football you're trying to play. And, you know, if you look at when Klopp first came into Liverpool, you know, similar thing. He had the players out there. There's not a lot left from that original squad. So I do think United supporters are sometimes a little bit in fairyland thinking that he's going to just take the current group of players and turn them into the the group that he needs. I actually think you're going to get rid of a lot of players from that team over time. Especially this type of philosophy and way of playing is not for every player. Yeah, and that's why Klopp is so specific in the players he's, he, you know, he wanted and selected. I remember a comment Grant made to me once. He's like, "I was over the Virgil Van Dijk signing, and obviously it fell through with the tapping up thing at the at the moment." And the first thing he said to me was, "How can you not have a backup? Go and sign someone else. You need a centre back. You you know that's it." And I said, "Man, this guy finds a player, and that's it. Unless it's over, he's not going to look for another player. He's going to get his player he wants." And it's specific to the style of play that he wants to, to bring in. And I think the same is right for United. Some of those players, I look there, everyone goes on about how good they are. I don't think they're suited to this style of football. And I think there'll be a lot of casualties along the way if his philosophy is implemented. Yeah, it will be implemented because this guy, you know, talk about a short-term, he actually got a long-term contract. Because the long-term contract is him pretty much running the football department. He's going on a consultancy role for another two years. After his after his interim basis, and he's going to have a massive role to play in terms of who the next coach is. And the expectation is the next coach is going to come with a similar brand or similar philosophy. Um, especially if he's going to have the influence we all expect him to have. So um, it's time for the players to either buy into it or be ready to move on. There's already players that are are, are looking for for ways out. So you know, Martial looks like he's he's he'd probably be gone in a, in a couple of days or so. Um, there's a, there's definitely an issue there. I mean, he hasn't been playing. Um, but there have been a number of players that, um, you know, he'd be picking out. Maguire was fit to play and he was dropped. Um, he was pre- uh, Varane and Lindelof were preferred to him and, and he was a club captain before. Um, so I think it's showing something else um, from him. He's making big calls and he, and he needs to. So uh, let's see. I, I'm, I'm still quite hopeful. I, I like what I see. I think he's a pretty... Upfront manager, I think I like the way he operates. Um, I like what he's trying to implement, and I think he will end up implementing it. But it is it is a massive task. 
<clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm repeating myself. It's we haven't seen such a big shift before. You know, even if you think about Klopp when he's come in, Roger's style of play wasn't polar opposite to Klopp. I mean, they, obviously Klopp is different, but it's not polar opposite. This guy is coming with a polar opposite. So that that, that timing is going to be a little bit longer. Or the top four is going to is going to depend on how long that timing is. Because if it clicks in two or three weeks, I think United will be okay for top four. If it takes longer, the race will be done already. So guys, I just want to spend maybe a couple minutes. Wade might start his new relegation battle. I, mm. mean, I think this is done and dusted, quite frankly. I'm, I don't think there's uh, anyone coming back from the positions. They Newcastle, are, you know, read, and their money, they're going to be spending it in championship. They'll be spending it in the championship, exactly. <laughs> so, new, you got Norwich. Yeah, this is pre-Christmas. Norwich on 10 points. Newcastle on 10 points. Burnley on 11. Watford on 13. And Leeds on 16. This was pre-Christmas. Fast forward a few weeks. You have Burnley on 11. Newcastle on 12. They've picked up two points. Norwich on 13. They've picked up three points. Watford on 14. And then there's actually a bit of a gap between them and unbelievably Everton who are down right down there right now in a bit of a relegation scrap but if I'm honest I think that uh, those the relegation candidates are the bottom four I don't see it coming from anywhere else Um, and if I'm perfectly honest I think the three bottom teams are the worst teams in the league I still think Watford have a little bit of something about them those bottom three to me have absolutely nothing about them at all um, what do you think, Wade? Do you think it's, it's done and dusted or is there someone else going to potentially slip in there at some stage? Uh, I think you can't rule out Watford. Um, and I, I know, I, I think I went with those three teams uh, pre-Christmas or the last time we spoke about this, but I think with the players Newcastle are, are going to bring in, uh, have Rortin and Arsenal going to bring in, it looks like, for the rest of this window, I think Newcastle are actually going to be okay. I've changed my tune on them a little bit. Um, I think Watford are just too up and down. I mean, look, they haven't won in their last five. I'm just looking at their fixtures now. Crucial game coming up against Norwich, who I think have also been a lot better since um, Dean Smith took over as well. Obviously, still not getting the results. But I think Newcastle are actually going to be okay, which I don't want. I actually want them to go down because I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. Richest club (laughs) in the world playing in a championship. Um, But I think they're going to be okay. So I think it's going to be Burnley, Norwich and Watford that go down, actually. Rads, do you agree? I don't know. Newcastle, Eddie Howe's record is is, is almost embarrassing, right? Look, a lot's going to depend... Their business is not done yet. They're still trying to get players in. They're going to continue to try to get players in from now until the next, well, until the end of the window. So the squad could be beefed up substantially. And and if so, um, then you'd have to sort of back them to get enough points over the next, what's it, 18 games they have left, um, having played 20. So you back them. There's a lot of games to be played. So if their squad is, is strengthened to that extent, um, I think the business they've done is actually decent so far. Um, so I, I think they do have hope. <sighs> so the only other team you're looking at is, is probably Watford. I, I don't think Brentford, Leeds or Everton will, will drop that many points. The only one pro- perhaps that could drop 
that many perhaps would be Brentford um, as teams are kind of figuring them out and where you kind of lose that energy of being a new team and playing with all that you know the excitement and the fearlessness where the fear maybe can creep in if they drop a few points. But then again, Brentford can beat United uh, in a couple of days and then um, they'll, you know that, that'll set them up for the rest of the season. Well, there you have it. It's certainly been an interesting three weeks since we last caught up, caught up gents. But uh, we're going to shift gears right now. And, of course, we're going to head Powered over by back Riverside to FM. our trivia man to bring up back to the scores and rekindle the rivalry between Wade and Conway. What do you have for us this week, Rudd's trivia master? Yeah, I'm going to actually switch it up a little bit this week. Um, so I've got a bit of a tiebreaker. Um, so I've got like 10 quick hit questions to see if we can kind of split the, the, the pundits out um, and see who can take the lead because at the moment, um, you know, scores, scores are tight, that's in a piece. And then I do still have the um, guess, um, guess the player through, through the teammates. Um, they're, not, they're not too difficult. I think uh, you guys should know them all. Um, quite simple. So... Um, you know, fastest, fastest finger, you know, first one to put out the answer. Um, so here we go. Which player scored the fastest hat-trick in Premier League history? Robbie Fowler. Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane. One to Connell. <laughs> All right. Which player with 653 games has made the most Premier League appearances? Gareth Barry. Gareth Barry. Oh, wow, one for Wade. Two and Wade. I knew that answer. <laughs> All right. Three players share the record for most Premier League red cards. Right? Who are they? You get a point for each. Most Paolo what? Di Canio? Nope. Most Premier League red cards. Nemanja Vidic? Nope. Vinny Jones? Nope. Nah, I didn't make the Premier League era. <laughs> Okay. There have to be um, some earlier players. I'm looking just for one name, gents. There's, uh, yeah, there's three sure. names. Give me one one to take this out. Granit Xhaka. Nope. <laughs> uh, he's nah, probably, think... probably getting close. <laughs> Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira is oh, one. He'd be up there. Roy Keane. <laughs> Get in. Nah, so Patrick Vieira, Richard Dunn, and Duncan Ferguson. Um, oh, big dunk. Yeah, right. So they've all got eight red cards. All right. Now, Patrick Vieira is actually a dead right one. He gets sent off every other week. <laughs> That's two to one. So, um, question four. With 260 goals, who's Alan No, oh, Connell got that one. Connell got that one. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> All, right. All right. Which year was the inaugural Premier League? 92. 94. 92, 93. for that one. 92, yeah. Which team won the first Premier League title? Leeds. Uh, no, Man United. Manchester United. Connell got that one before you, Wade. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's, taking his, he's taking a two-point I chucked in my second guess before. My Wi-Fi. It's my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number seven. With 202 clean sheets... Which goal did you check? Wadey got that one. 
Oh, oh I I'm listening yeah. back to that <laughs> one for sure. How many clubs completed in the first Premier League season? 22. 22 is the answer. Uh. All right. Which three players shared the Premier League Golden Boot in 28-2019? 2018. Uh, Obama, uh, Yang, Kane, Obama, and Yang, Kane, Salah. Uh, no, no, no. And Mane. Mane, Mane, Salah, and Obama, Yang. Correct. First, you said Kane. I don't know where that one is. Yes, from. I did say Kane. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and What's for, the scores? So, so you've got a three-point lead. So <laughs> there's no coming back for a hit by this point. Nah, um, man. It's my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the fastest goal scored in the Premier League history came in 7.69 seconds. Who was, was it? It? Uh, it's, a, it's a tougher one. Yeah, it is. I'll Eric Lamella? No, I'll give three bonus points if you get it, Wade. Three bonus points? <laughs> making it interesting. Come on, come on. <laughs> uh, I have no, actually have no idea about this one. Uh, Can you give us the, the year that it was done at least? 2018-2019. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was recent. To be fair, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. How many seven? Was it? Was it someone from Burnley? No. No. Okay. I'm, it's taking wild stabs now. Uh, I thought it was. All right. I'll move on. Yeah, no the idea. answer for that one. The game Wait. was Southampton versus Watford. Oh, I still don't even know. Any takers? Shane Danny Ings? Long. Shane Long. Shane Long. Nah. Right. How quick was that for? So, so, Connell, you take the win on that trivia uh, with the with the fastest hit. So, um, you do pull a hit. I'm pulling Telstra tomorrow. <laughs> but, but now we, we do go back to a, a more familiar trivia. Um, I like that fastest trigger one. That's got to make a nice. comeback. Yeah. Yeah, got to make a comeback. Very um, easy win over way. That, that's what I like. Oh, <laughs> he, he's got his mojo back. Up. <laughs> he does. He, he does. Man, All right, no, no, no more blaming it on, uh, on Killian anymore. Right? On Killian, yeah. nights and this and that. And... <laughs> All right. So, so guess the teammates. So obviously, we know this one for a reminder. It's been a few weeks. So I'm going to call up. Um, teammates that I've played with along the years. It's in alphabetical order. They are only club teammates. They are no international teammates. Um, current Premier I, League player. I am not a current player. Um, I am a retired player. But I am a well-known player. Yep. Okay. All right. Alan Shearer. Ben Jani. Les Ferdinand. No. Budovan Zenden. Brad Friedel. Christian Ziger, Craig Bellamy, Daniel Sturridge, Danny Mills, Darius Vassell. Andy Carroll. No, Andy Carroll's no. not playing. Demarcus Beasley, Gibral Cisse, Duncan Ferguson, Alhaji Juf, Emil Heskey, Fernando Morientes, Gary Speed, Giorgio Samaras, Luis Enrique? No. No. Harry Kuehl, Yuri Lipmanen, Jean-Pierre Papin, Joe, 
Joe Hart, Joey Barton. Now you Jürgen had Mike Lowen already, so it's not Mike Lowen. Jurgen Klinsman, Kieran Jürgen Dyer, Razu. Teddy Sheringham, no. Matza Mateus, Louis Saha, Luis Garcia, Clint Dempsey. Nope. Luke Chadwick. Martin. Brad Friedel. Yeah, I already mentioned Brad Friedel. Martin Sherwood. Martin Petrov. Tim Sherwood. Nope. Mika Richards. Milan Barosh. Mohamed Sissoko. Milan Barosh. Mohamed Sissoko. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Anelka. This better not be a bloody Liverpool player. Uh, Nigel De Jong. Norberto Solano. Nigel De Jong. So that would have been Manchester City. Oliver Kahn. Pablo Zabaleta. Vincent Company. No. Oliver uh, Kahn. Patrick Berger. Oliver Kahn. German League. Marcus Babel. No. Richard Dunn. Rigobert Song. Robinho. Sean Wright Phillips. Shay Given. Manchester City. Steven Manchester no. City. Team. Oh, who the hell yeah. played with Alan Shearer? Yeah. Yaya yeah, yeah, Torre. Colo Torre. Nope. Tal Benahim. Trevor Sinclair. Vedran Koluka. Benayun. No. Vincent Company. Vladimir Schmeisser. Wayne Bridge. And Did Mahaman. Jabi, yes, it is the Kaiser. Yeah! <laughs> I was nowhere near that. I can't even, I can't uh, even say I was close to that. Nah. He played for Bayern Munich, obviously, for, for many years before coming to England. Then when he came to England, he came to Newcastle. Was he at Bayern? I thought he was at Borussia. Yes, from Bayern Munich, he came to Newcastle. He spent a season at Newcastle yeah. um, before Liverpool picked him up. From Liverpool, he spent one day at Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> one day. One day. And changed and his mind. And he out the door. Yeah, yeah. And cha- so there were no, I never mentioned any Bolton players oh, because okay. well, he yeah. never played a game for them. So right, yeah. he spent one day at the club. Um, he literally went there in the toilet, took a dump and left. And then he left. And um, <laughs> so he signed a pre-contract. He was part of the team. And then he changed his mind before everything was settled and moved oh. to Man City. So um, he spent I, the I remainder of his this. career yeah. Man City, except for the last club where he was able to play with Luke Chadwick, who was a Premier League winner. Um, <laughs> at M, M, I think MK Dons. Some things in the world do not make sense, and that's <laughs> one of them. <laughs> oh, good to be back. Connell extended that's his great league. to be back. Yeah? Nice. Wow, it feels good run, to yeah. be I actually am. I think I've got the last eight odds. Jeez, he's on a crazy run, actually. Uh, I think nice. Wade's maybe being a little bit easy on you this time. Right? <laughs> right. He's That's just setting me no, up. Right? Me up not. You know, you know why? Hey, That's not in my nature. Before you get into this run, hey, you came with a long face every session. I'm like, I was depressed every someone, session. Someone's going to help this all out. Like, I wouldn't actually give you clues, but obviously if I give you a clue, Wade will pick it up too. I don't know how. Maybe I'll see it. <laughs> 
But maybe now it's a giveaway to close. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. The enjoyment was gone. I was no longer enjoying the segment. I came here every week going, hey, no, man, this is hell on earth. I can't even get an answer. Yeah. But <laughs> maybe not too far away. So you'd be two points yeah, away I'm from right final. You know, Ditma is one of your go tos, though. I've heard you yell his name out a few, a few times, times during yeah. these things. So Especially when I established. When I establish the Newcastle and Liverpool link, yeah. then I'll I just try and figure out those players as quick I just, as possible. I couldn't put anyone. I knew we did Bellamy, and then I was like Luis Enrique. Yeah, yeah I couldn't that was a good think because I, I knew the connection. I was just like, yeah. who else? You know what I mean? I, I just yeah, I couldn't put my finger on it. That was a good one. Nice one, Rads. Nice one. Well, boys, I guess we come to the end of the show. Of course, we got to talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to. I guess the rest of the week. Obviously, we've got uh, EPL back on the weekend, Ruds. We've got uh, Wade, should I say. We've got a matter of the semi-final of the the League Cup, if I'm honest. I'm probably, you know, after that last week performance against you, I think I said it in my Liverpool group, you know, I'll probably never chastise Mane or Salah ever again because I realise how much we, not so much need them in, in, in and obviously they're part of our squad, but pace in our type of style of play is so key yeah and as brilliant as jota and Firmino are they're just they're not quick players so our ability to transition quickly is completely void and watching us against arsenal against 10 men i was and you know you had the low block obviously i kind of went i don't know where this goal is coming from and you said we played well against brentford until we got fortuitous with that lucky goal from Fabinho. i had no idea where we were scoring yeah um, so I am slightly concerned for, for Thursday. But, but how um, good is definitely. it for Salah in his contract talks, right? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, come on guys. So there's a few hey, rumors hey, on that doing, there's a few rumors doing the rounds that the deal is actually done on the 25th of December and Liverpool are, um, biding their time around making the announcement, um, which will probably happen when he comes back from African nations. Don't shoot me. Don't you know? Don't shoot the messenger. These are just a couple of rumors emanating from a few, few supposed reliable sources. But um, we'll see. We'll see if it is actually true or not. Yeah. Look, the longer it takes, the more power the player gets. He gets. That's how it yeah. works. Um, so it's probably if if it hasn't been done, it's in his interest to hold off. Um, yeah. And I think he's he's just said last week that uh, I'm not asking for anything unreasonable. The club knows what I want, and I think he wants to be paid as one of the top owners in the Premier League, as one of the best players in the Premier League. And I think... One of the best players in the world. You can't argue it, right? Yeah. How can players like Anthony Martial be earning more? I'm not, I'm not saying he does. Um, I'm throwing it out. But there'll be players like, you know, um, that he's be, they'll be earning a lot more than him that are not... That yeah, Enrico Bamiyang. Yeah, they could, couldn't tie his, his shoelaces. Um, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one to, one, one to look out for. Um, because obviously... Um, Salah Aman is in the same situation, right? Same same amount of time on his contract, but I think the fans are are less concerned about that situation. I think if Mane was to go, I don't think you'd have sleepless nights, Connell. 
I think is that something you're you're half expecting? As long as look, I I, I only won't have sleepless nights if I know that we're replacing these players with something close to like Rafinha. Know, just, Rafinha's been mentioned a few times. Like a Rafinha, yeah. You know, he came in, or you know, someone like even a, to an extent, not that he he's been touted as coming here, but a Max, I just a, a Saint no a Saint Maximum. Like I love that guy's style of play. Yeah. Pace. I just want players. With, I realize how much a lot are, of pace, bro. I think he's. A, I think he'd be a fantastic. Yeah, but no, Brains that kid, he's hopeless. Yeah, I think we will we'll bypass hey, you, it. You just scored a goal, let's go easy on it. It's his first goal for how long, bro? Like, <laughs> oh. What are you looking forward to, Rads? Uh, hopefully, scoring from a corner. I think United are on a run of 103 corners. <laughs> I saw that stat 103 corners without scoring a goal. No so goals. Hopefully, wow. And, and, and you know what? This is the first season that we've signed on a set piece coach. So what the hell is that guy doing? How the hell is that go, how does that guy go home at night and say, Yeah, and my paycheck? <laughs> um but I, I look forward to watching my team play and and, and seeing if it's improvement. I mean that's what I'm looking for. So yeah. Um hopefully results too, but more so uh, I wanna see the improvement. I wanna see us um playing on the front foot, creating chances. But the thing is we have been creating chances. I think Aston Villa has probably been the most chances we created in that, particularly in that first half, in a, in a very long time. But let's see, create those chances, score goals, um, maybe a Ronaldo hat trick. <laughs> Wait, oh, any final thoughts from you? Uh, now, looking forward to the second leg of the semi-final. Um, I want to say I'm confident. I'm, I was really happy with our display last week, but um, you know, I'm scarred after some of the hidings we've been on the end of uh, when we play <laughs> Liverpool That's over true. the last few years. So I'm not going to say I'm confident, but uh, we've made a lot of strides. I think that's clear now for everyone to see. Um, the, the performance against City, I mean, was superb as well. We we held them to hardly any chances. Um, I think one or two shots on target as well, down to 10 men. So hopefully we can keep 11 players on the pitch and put in a good performance because I think we've got a real shot. Um, and, you know, going in against Chelsea as well, obviously I'd rather be facing them in a final than, you know, a Liverpool or a City. So um, hopefully we can get a result. And then let's see if, if the game goes ahead against Burnley um, on Monday. That'll be good. But everything's a bit up in the air now. So I guess I'll just look forward to Friday and take it from there. Well, there you have it, folks. It's been three weeks. We've been away for a while, but we're still full of life and festivity. It's been brilliant bringing you another episode. We hope you've enjoyed this one. We will be back on your ears every single week from now until the end of the season, bringing you the hottest and latest news in EPL action. Remember to catch us on all the socials on Facebook at What the Football Pod, and of course on Twitter and Instagram. You can also catch all our live episodes on Podbean and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Until next time, enjoy your Premier League action, and we'll see you all next week.